0: Today on the Scott Thompson Show on nine hundred CHML.
1: So yesterday I started a segment by essentially saying what I'm going to say now, and that is, if you drive around Hamilton these days in certain areas, you will notice tent encampments that have popped up, which are homeless people who have decided that this is where they are going to live right now. It's a tent. It's summertime. It is, uh, you know, it's 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 somewhere they can live. This is not an easy discussion. But predictably, this is leading to uh, a bit of an uncomfortable showdown because, on the one hand, and yesterday we had on the show lawyer Wade Posiemka, who is representing some of the advocacy groups and the people and some doctors who are saying, well, these encampments should be allowed to stand until proper places have been created for these people all to go. However, there is another side to the story. And today we're going to turn to one of the people who is on that other side or at least has voiced. Opinions that push for the other side, which is the need to take them down, for a number of reasons, and that would be Ward Two Counselor Jason Farr, who joins me now. Uh, Jason, how are you today?
0: I'm fine, Scott. Thanks for having me on, and, and thanks to CHML for following this story closely.
1: Well, you have. Um, we heard, as I say, the uh, Mister MK or MK yesterday about this. Um, you've argued against the encampments. Why?
0: Yeah, well, first I'll argue against the fact that there are no options. There have always been options presented uh, in our encampment task force work. We've been doing this for years informally, and council formalized the encampment task force work in July of 2019, so last year, well before the pandemic. During the pandemic, presented with those options each and every individual in the tent or individuals as for been presented with options there's there's three right now there's of hostel there's hotel uh, and then there's housing we've and we've we've been very successful during COVID we've had over 80 I think it's approaching 85 successful navigations from sleeping and living rough in inhumane conditions which was the whole point of uh, implementing the task force to begin with to what we feel clearly not what others uh, obviously on the other side of this argument feel are much better, safer, more humane options. And again, there's three: there's hostels, there's hotels, Scott, and there's housing options. And we've been successful in over well, right around 85 cases uh, uh, to date, just during the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And, and, and again, and for years previous. So I, I got to you know challenge that a little bit because I guess housing, uh, hotels, or hostels are not options that are good enough, because that seems to be the argument. Because if we're hearing publicly from the other side of this argument that we're not presenting options, well, we are. You just don't like them, unfortunately. I don't know what else we can do. And and if there are other things we can do that are better options, uh, we're happy to discuss that, and I'm sure council will be happy to deliberate on that. But right now, there's clearly a, a camp that feels tenting and unsafe, and inhumane conditions is better than the three options I've just offered you. That's the way it's being perceived anyway by some, including myself. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML.
1: Jason, is it your opinion, is it your view, is it your place, that there are spaces for any of the people who are out there tenting right now or living on the street, there are places available for them to go?
0: Yeah, given the circumstances, and each and every case is, is... by professionals who have experience, whether they're on our particular staff, whether it's health or or emergency services staff, or even Hamilton Police Services or EMT staff, or our outreach partners, and there's a large majority of people working outreach with us on our encampment task force work that are being very, very helpful in finding the right fit for each individual, because each individual obviously has... You know, different needs and they're, they're assessed. Now, there may be occasions where it's not available 30 minutes from now or even a couple of days from now, but that's the whole point of the task force to find the right fit of the options that are available and always have been available and make those options work for that particular individual case.
1: You and others who have been uh, at different degrees of bluntness about this have been getting a lot of blowback on social media. Um, you're not compassionate would be uh, I guess the biggest one because these are human beings with problems and you need to treat them as such. Uh, are you Are you listening? Are you reading social media? Are you taking anything from that?
0: For 10 years now and it's an, and it's an expectation of myself and I think every elected official at all levels of government that there's going to be blowback. Not every decision is going to get 100% unanimous appeal. I think you and I have talked about that in the past as well. And especially on a sensitive issue like this, I get it. There's an approach being taken by certain groups right now that tenting is better than a hotel option, a hostel option, or a housing option. Those options are not as good as tenting outdoors right now as it stands, clearly by a certain amount of of, of folks out there who are doing phenomenal work, don't get me wrong. And, and phenomenal work in in reaching out to gain more support. Uh, one group, Keeping Six, has a campaign right now to to fundraise and get a hundred-tenths, a hundred-tenths, Scott. And I think they're about halfway. I don't know for sure, but just my own approximation from two or three times daily inspecting the the situation, especially since the pandemic began, that they're about 50 tents into their hundred-tenths campaign but remember there's also another side I have to listen to and I think where where I may have irked some people and certainly I do I do of course see the social media uh, was at council a few weeks ago where I'm reading quote I am quoting what I'm hearing as a counselor from the constituency and most of the ones that I read if not all of them I think at that point in my five minute time period and it was five minutes of quotes. Uh, were from people who are living adjacent. I have one right now just on hold with you that I'm happy to share to give you some perspective of what a counselor hears in situations like this from the other side, not the social media support side, uh, but on the other side of the issue. I'm happy to, to read it to you, and I think it might put things in perspective for people, that this is what the other side of the issue and what we have to deal with. So if you want to give me 45 seconds, I'm happy ahead. to share with you. Yeah, go ahead. Of many that come in daily on the other side of the argument hi i'm the i'm going to say store owner they haven't given me permission to identify the store or their name i've been in contact with you before about another store today it will be about my other location which is near barton and ferguson steps away from ferguson's tent encampment i by the way there's about 33 34 growing numbers of tents at that encampment i'm very concerned of the ever-increasing everyday negative altercations in our already very challenging situation and with covid 19. Every day, our team and guests are put in more compromising safety situations. We are experiencing an increased incidence level of violence, vulgar disrespect, feces, and needles at our property. Families are afraid to open their windows to place orders at our drive-thru. They are regularly solicited for money by intimidating drunk, drugged, and or mentally challenged people who are not respectful or aware of COVID regulations. There are always altercations when we ask them to leave. We are in communication with many team members and guests who have the overwhelming consensus that these people are not nice people who are just down on their luck. Now, I don't necessarily completely agree with the tone. I don't necessarily... Uh, I can't confirm that this consensus is what it's being billed as. I haven't even had an opportunity to call this particular constituent or engage further. Like I said, on hold with you, I just received this. But this isn't the only... <laughs> Only correspondence I received from the other side of this argument, Scott. That, well, and as I said similar, to Mr. Pauziemke... Similar tones, very similar Well,
1: and I, I said to Mr. Pauziemke yesterday, uh, just a little over a year ago, I was down in L.A. and San Francisco, two of the hotbeds where this is a huge, huge problem. And I we drove by and we saw some of this. And when we got home, we started reading about it. And many of the things you just described, the feces on the sidewalk and the needles and the drug use and the violence and, and the filth um, it, it's not a, it's not a knock. I don't think it's a knock against these people if they have mental health issues or addictions. But I think that if you're, a, if you're someone who is paying your taxes, you're a constituent. I think you, I, I think it's a difficult thing to suggest that you are being not, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That yeah, you're being not fanatic. compassionate. That you're being not right. compassionate. If you say, I don't want these people on my front lawn, or I don't want these people on the public streets. But that that seems to be the position that we're now in. You're either compassionate and let them stay, or you're not compassionate and you're trying to kick them out. I I don't know how you bridge that gap.
0: Well, we do it with the encampment task force. So to go full circle on our conversation, we are compassionate. We do have options. We do have professionals who are very focused in on those individual cases and we are sympathetic to the drug addiction, drug addiction. We are sympathetic to the mental health and we do have outreach partners and staff who are well-versed in dealing with those and provide the proper options or make every attempt to provide the proper options to those people. That is getting lost like you just suggested, uh, Scott, and fair enough because I see that, that maybe some are wanting to create a divide. I'm not suggesting you are. But it's it's not as black and white it's not a those people gotta go sort of argument when I bring up and you're talking about the social media and how cold hearted Far is and I can't believe that he's uh, trying to just uh, 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 eliminate tents and not care for you know the situations as to why they're there whether you know he in 10 years didn't provide enough housing opportunities and that's why we're in the position we're in i get all those arguments but the reality is there is a middle part where we are sympathetic we do understand it isn't just about but it is about the fact that we like every other city probably in north america we don't know of another one in in the province anyway have bylaws we have zoning bylaws about that 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 don't include in in these areas tenting overnight camping we have overnight camping bylaws that, that, that say you can't erect a tent and sleep outside on public streets or public parks or even private property is, is covered by our encampment task force. If you had a private property and tents were on it, bylaws laws going to come in and say you can't do that. That's not that's not that's a zoning uh, infraction. So so there's there's that element, but there are other uh, aspects to this, and it is done sensitively. And 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 you know as much as you know, I just read from one that didn't. Uh, relay what I, you know, a very prevailing theme from those who are having issues with the tents, especially those who are operating businesses or living. I hear from more homeowners or, or people who live adjacent than businesses right now because there are two apartment buildings across from Ferguson. But, you know, most have some caveat that they are sympathetic to, that they understand that these folks have challenges and those challenges need to be addressed uh, sensitively. Almost all of them suggest that. Maybe it wasn't in this particular article it could be that this was written uh... you know out of uh, anger and frustration and and maybe not well thought thought through in terms of its you know oral presentation but the reality is most people do understand and are sympathetic in this city and every other scott i went for a tour last week i don't know if you heard i talked to ted michaels who was in for bill i talked to him from kitchener where at that day they had planned to dismantle an, an, an illegal encampment uh... when i when i arrived following the interview to, to witness how sensitively, uh, in Kitchener they handle dismantling encampments, they had told me in this, in the, what they call a soup kitchen, we don't define it as soup kitchens in Hamilton, but they do there, uh, that, that they had a reprieve the night before or the day before, uh, of the, the, the date that was broadcasted live that it was going to be dismantled and gave them three, I think three or four more weeks so they could find alternatives. Then I went to London where they're doing not a not sanctioned Uh, encampment but they have 12 i counted 12 tents in in an area not like ferguson street not like york street an area outside of the downtown that's adjacent to a salvation army a dead end street and a cn rail track and and they they are doing a non-enforcement they're permitting it and i spoke to uh, some people at an institution nearby and i asked what's what's it been like this is london's only area it's 12 tents uh and what 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 you know, what are the eventualities that come with a non-enforcement of an encampment site? Well, everything you just heard from what I read to you from the one constituent just now, and then some was heard. In fact, in one case, this particular individual told me that three nights before, an activist group had handed out bats to each and every person living in those tents. And I said, why would they hand out bats? And, And what was the result? And the result was, he said, pretty obvious there were bat fights and and it was very concerning to this particular individual as well as other things that this, this group would do outreach and they stopped doing outreach because of the violence that they were met with it's unfortunate it's an unfortunate byproduct and one unfortunately scott that in hamilton is becoming more and more acute as keeping six and others are doing tent drives to get more and more tents as they grow the problems get greater as far as i can perceive from the people who are communicating on the other side of the issue that that are, are are sharing with me what they're seeing and what I'm seeing, frankly, on a daily basis.
1: Okay, so you mentioned a few minutes ago that the city has bylaws against this. Uh, the, the The advocates won a 10-day injunction yesterday. Does this suggest that your bylaws just don't have any teeth and aren't very well written, that we don't have them in a way that can get rid of people, or is there something else going on?
0: Well, if the Superior Court, which is where this appeared, uh, it does eventually determine, this was just an injunction to say for 10 days, don't do anything that takes tents away from, that forcefully takes tents away from those sites. As I understand it, we're getting an update on the 11th day of this injunction, so on the first day where the injunction's no longer in effect at our GIC. So I'll know more and the rest of my colleagues and the mayor will know more that But uh, in terms of the the bylaws, if they're going to be challenged in court and if the court, the superior court, decides that in Hamilton you ought to let organizations work with homeless people and let them put tents anywhere you want in your city uh, counter to your current planning, zoning bylaws, counter to your no-encampment bylaws, no tents going in parks or public streets, then that isn't just going to be a Hamilton thing. That's a superior court ruling, and everywhere else where Folks want to work with homeless or homeless people themselves, want to put a tent up anywhere they want. That, that'll have ramifications across the province, as far oh, as, sure as really. I can understand it. So so this is a much bigger issue, and it's one where what's being challenged is not exclusive to Hamilton. These zoning bylaws and bylaws are everywhere. And there are no, other than London, no staff right now working closely on this file, and There's a lot of them each and every day can tell me of another city in Ontario that permits
1: this. Jason, I got to go in a second. You got 30 seconds here, so you got to stick to your 30-second radio uh, background here. Okay. Is the is there a possibility of doing what London did and creating somewhere out of the downtown a safe zone and say, "Listen, if you want to have tents, move them here. We'll put some porta-potties. We'll have some public health people come, and then we can all live happily together." Or is that not feasible?
0: That's the whole reason why I went to London. I wanted to discover how does it work. Unfortunately, what I, and I really thought from Kitchener to London that I'd be, I was whistling all the way thinking we're gonna, that was the whole point. That Then I can better contemplate areas in the city, whether it's Ward 3, Ward 1, Ward 2, Ward 4, who knows where that location is. But I was certainly very much open-minded to that. Am I still? Absolutely. It may very well be. Uh, the consolation to all this and bring everybody together singing Shangri-La-Di-Da, including those who are very much unfortunately living in the roughest conditions, sleeping rough with inhumane and, and unsafe conditions on the street, rather than taking one of our very safe options of hostel or hotel or even housing in some cases. So in 30 seconds, I'm still keeping an open mind. And ultimately, when staff report back on August 10th, that will be one of the things I'm sure council would want to discuss.
1: Ward 2 Counselor Jason Farr, thanks for taking the time today.
0: Thanks, Scott. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900-CHML.